Welcome to the Open Book Test Podcast. I'm Allison Levy, and for 11 years, I advised the bright, ambitious students in Notre Dame's Mendoza College of Business. And now I've invited some of my favorite alums to share their stories with you. We talk about the key factors and the decisions they made to pursue a business degree, pick a specific major, and start down a certain career path. On an open book test, it's all about the resources you bring to the table, and these young professionals, representing all six of the majors Mendoza offers, are the best resources I know. They're an open book about what worked for them and where they might like a do-over. Let them help you feel more confident about the decisions you'll be making about your future and discover resources you didn't even know to ask for. What are we waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome to the January Highlighter Edition. This marks my second milestone of my second full month of interviews, and I couldn't be more excited about the conversations that I've been having with my former students, who are all full of so much wit and wisdom and insights into the path that so many of our listeners are on. So let's quickly revisit our four guests from this month. Kate majored in marketing and went in search of a story to tell. Matt jumped on the traditional audit path and continues to climb that ladder. Christina majored in finance but went into sales with General Mills. And Brittany knew what she didn't want to study. And then she did all the things to figure out where she did want to work and ended up in consulting. And while none of them would suggest that they had at the time, or even have it now, all figured out, I think what they would say is that at each juncture, they did the work to understand why they were making the choices that they did. So today, that's my charge to you. Figure out what's your why. I am as guilty as anyone of drifting or defaulting into the path of least resistance, but that's part of what today's conversation is about, is avoiding that at all costs. There's a problem-solving technique called the five whys, where after the initial question, you continue to ask why five additional times to dig deeper. And the idea is that by continuing to require additional explanation, you will unconsciously get to the real root of the problem. I'll add a link in the show notes with more detail. So it's problem-solving, but it also works well for decisions about a lot of things that you're dithering on, such as, I don't know what to major in, then ask why. Maybe the answer is, because my dad and I don't agree. Why? Because he thinks I should major in accounting and I want marketing. Well, why? Etc. And after asking that, five or maybe even six times, you'll get to the root of it and you'll understand what's driving the way you're feeling and what's going to be most important in making that decision. And I'm not suggesting that you must defend your choices, but it's important to understand and to be able to articulate them to others, but maybe most importantly to yourself. And also, as you move down a particular path, having made a decision, pay attention when you start feeling the rumblings of either discontent or simply wanting more or even just different, right? We all change. Our circumstances change. And what made sense two years ago may not now, given world events, personal choices like marriage or children, etc. So think about why am I feeling this way? What do I think is missing? What are my current priorities? What has changed? And then know that you can make a shift, right? So many of our guests already have. Of my first eight guests, only Matt and Taylor have stayed the course with their first company. 
Uh, oh, well, that's not quite true. Luke has too, but he's only been there a little over a year. So the jury is still a little bit out on him. And that's typical. Movement within two to four years is very, very common. But what is important is to know why you're jumping and to make sure that it's not just out of one frying pan into another or worse, into the fire. So as I wrap up the second month of guests, I thought I would share a little bit of my story to help explain why I feel so passionately about this particular project and helping students make informed and intentional decisions about their futures, right? I think I'm your cautionary tale about, like, how not to do things. Um, And sometimes that's helpful, too, as much as talking to the people who got it right. So I grew up back in the dark ages, well before we had computers, much less the Internet. Apple came out with their very first desktop my senior year at Notre Dame, and my father said, why in the world would you need one of those? So I was not an early adopter, and that trend has continued. Um, And like so many of my guests, I followed my dad to Notre Dame, but I didn't really have a plan after that. I was very sure it was the right place for me, but in terms of majors and potential career paths, I really didn't have a clue. I grew up in a very blue-collar community where I think less than half my class of a little over 400 went on to college, so I didn't go to a school full of rock star scholars, although I had a strong core of friends who were all moving on to college, but I think most of us had very little direction or drive or kind of understanding about what it meant to dream big. And I was a strong student in high school, and my high school job was as a bookkeeper for my dad. He'd been an accounting major at ND and started his own firm back in his hometown. And so it was a great job in the summers and after school to work in his office. So I had a little bit of experience. I had a bit of aptitude, and business made as much sense as anything. Um, At that point, Notre Dame had four different business majors, so it was a bit of a process of elimination, and I will tell you my embarrassing thought process (laughs) was not very well thought out. The four majors at the time were accounting, finance, marketing, and management. You know, I did not want to do what my dad did. That just seemed so cliche. Plus, with tax season the way it was, there was no hope of a good winter vacation. Not that I had ever taken a real winter vacation up to that point, but it seemed important at the time. And my uncle was an accountant for a steel company, and that didn't feel very sexy. So I felt pretty confident that accounting was not the path for me. Management at that point, no one really knew what it was, um, and it seemed kind of basic on some level. That said, I want to just reiterate that I love the current management curriculum, and I think it's relevant and highly transferable to a wide range of career paths, although it still doesn't get very much love. And what I thought I wanted really was marketing, because I was pretty sure advertising would have been a great job for me. I considered myself clever and creative, but I frankly just did not have the confidence to pursue it. It seemed sort of scary and intimidating and very competitive, and I also worried that I didn't know if I could be creative on a deadline. And so I opted out with, I have to say, very little investigation um, at the time. And marketing the other path seemed to be sales, and I did not think I had the personality for that. So that left finance. Um, And that was a small major back then. And again, I had an aptitude for numbers. It seemed semi-practical, although accounting was definitely the coin of the realm at that point. But it turns out I didn't really like it. And because I didn't really like it, I avoided putting a ton of time into it. And that meant 
Yes, you guessed it. I wasn't very good at it. Uh, I am pretty sure my GPA went down every semester that I was in it. Now, I wasn't in any danger of failing out, but that one semester on Dean's List would prove unrepeatable. Uh, My junior year, I had four roommates, one poor engineer who was stuck with four business majors. And of those business majors, two were in accounting, and they had chosen it for strictly practical reasons. And the other one was in finance. And I feel like somewhere along the line, the four of us decided that those were the only real options, and there is still a fair amount of that bias. Back then, there was something called Arts and Letters Pre-Professional, where you got a degree in an Arts and Letters discipline, and I think basically what would be equivalent to a minor in business. And I think that probably would have been a really good fit for me, given my interests and skills. But I don't recall really knowing that much about it at the time. And we had no real advisors to speak of. There certainly wasn't an advising office right on campus that was constantly reaching out to us. And I didn't seek out a lot of counsel. And that's 100% on me because that was certainly an option. Now that my two areas of focus have to do with writing and speaking, it seems clear that although I was good at numbers, that was never really where my heart was. But my head was in charge. And frankly, it wasn't really thinking for itself at that point. And the other difference between then and now is that the Career Center was so much less robust than it is now. And I was also intimidated because I really didn't know what I wanted. And I thought I needed to try and figure that out before I went and asked a lot of what could have been considered stupid questions. And this is exactly where I would like a do-over, please, because what I know now is that is exactly when you should be asking all the questions, whether they're stupid or not. Somehow, in spite of myself, I went on to a series of perfectly fine jobs at the Northern Trust, a company called Pepco, which was the electric company out in D.C. I worked in the Federal Reserve Board, where I ultimately got into an HR function, which was probably the best fit of any. But at no point was I really all that excited about what I did, although I got stellar performance reviews everywhere I went. And I tell you all this because I think my professional career would have been so very different if I had studied things I liked and been a little more intentional about what I was looking for in a career. And while we had no resources, you, of course, have the opposite problem right now. There is so much information out there, and I know it gets hard to sort through, but it does get easier as you begin to refine what's important to you. So you really need to be very intentional and take the time to reflect. And and that's what people are for. Every single guest so far has mentioned people, many people, who have had a positive impact on their path and admitted that there was a lot they fell into because someone else pointed or pushed them in a certain direction, and maybe a direction that they wouldn't have considered otherwise. My team used to joke at the various big events that we helped out at, like graduation, that we were directional shrubbery, just there as slightly ornamental aids to guide folks to the right place. And we were only helping people find the next room they needed to be in, and the same is true for you. You do not have to have the whole path laid out. Just figure out the first couple steps, even if that's figuring out what questions you need to be asking. And I'm not telling you to play small. I'm not saying you shouldn't dream big or have very specific goals. That can help drive decisions as well. My worry is always, and I've said this before, that I think students lock in too early on a very specific path because that 
feels more comfortable, that gives them the confidence to move forward because they have made that decision. And uncertainty is scary. But I think that can be very limiting and we can miss opportunities that are so much better for us personally. So again, dream big, have specific goals, but as you're moving along the path, pay attention to the crossroads or the alternate routes that GPS is offering you just in case there's a scenic overlook that maybe is more inviting than you first realize. And that's my message for you today. Think about the why. What is driving your decisions? What's at the heart of what you most want out of life? And what I most want out of life right now, after two months of this podcast, is some feedback, right? I am 100% making this up as I go along and trying to put content out there that I think is valuable and helpful. But if it's not, then I absolutely need to know that. Or if it is, I'd love to hear that too. We, we can all use a little pat on the back occasionally and, and the reassurance that we're moving in the right direction. So email is openbooktestpodcast at gmail.com, and I would welcome your comments. And we'll be back next week with another great guest, and the February guests are already all lined up, and they are a wonderful group of four as well, just like the last two months, and I hope you'll continue to join us. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon.